0: and i'm olivia we're here to take you back to your twilight Twilight phase hey what's up how are you i'm good that's good i I was asking our listeners (laughs) how are you (laughs) me i like that part too (laughs) so welcome back to twilight phase last week no this week we read chapters six through nine and we are going to give you a recap, but first we have our very first listener email. Woohoo! So thank you, Shelly, for writing in. The subject line is Epigraph Trend in YA. She says, longtime listener, first time emailer. <laughs> There's one episode. <laughs> we really appreciate your long time listening. So she says, as you were all talking about the epigraph in Twilight to serve as the, no, no, wait, there is action in this book. I thought about how I've read something similar in the Blue Blood series, uh, a.k.a. my fave. Another classic vampire series that I was also obsessed with. <laughs> I never read these. I'm um, written by someone named Melissa. Oh. Anyway, go on. In book number three, Revelations, I distinctly remember reading an epigraph where Mimi Force, a.k.a., Abaddon, the angel of destruction, <laughs> slash blue blood, oh slash vampire. This sounds stupid. Let's read this <laughs> next. <laughs> is having to figure out how to survive a disastrous dinner party where the dreaded silver bloods are attacking. I remember this precisely. <laughs> the first Blue Bloods was published a year after Twilight in mm. two thousand six, and number three wasn't published until two thousand eight. Now I really can't remember if the other books had an epigraph like this, but coincidence? I think not. I will look when I go home. I own all of them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Shelly, I will say that I also don't believe that it's a coincidence that Blue Bloods is just copying the epigraph trend that Twilight started. Definitely. So, thank you for writing it. <laughs> good point, Shelly. <laughs> Great point. Uh, you get a reward that we will email to you. Sure. It's and my love. It's Melissa's love. <laughs> And for the rest of our listeners, if you want to send us an email, you can always write us at twilightphasepodcast at gmail.com. You can send us, you know, hate mail. Please you can do. Send compliments, thoughts, things you want to hear us talk about, anything you like. So let's move on to our recap. We started with Chapter Six Scary Stories. This is where they go to La Push. Uh, Mike is like, you didn't invite anyone, did you? And Bella was like, No. Uh, not that much happens at the beginning. There's tide pools, which is nice. <laughs> Lots but of then tide pools. we meet Jacob. Finer- this is our introduction. Jacob Black. And Bella's like, Haha, an opportunity. I'm going to flirt with him and get information about the Cullens. So she does so very successfully. Uh, I don't really understand what was flirtatious about it, uh-huh. but it went over well, and she learned from Jacob that the Utes believe the Cullens to be vampires. And she's like, ooh. Then we move on to Chapter 7, where Bella Googles the word vampire. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, we don't know that she Googles. She just uses her favorite, her search-, favorite, <laughs> favorite search engine. Uh, then she goes outside to the woods to think for a while. Then she gets asked out again and says, No. Uh, And it's sunny, so Edward's not in school, so she doesn't like that. But we don't know why yet. Yeah, we don't know why. It's just a lot of thinking. Basically, nothing at all happens in Chapter 7. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm flipping through the pages right now, and truly, there's nothing. Uh, And they agree to go to Port Angeles to look for dresses for the Girls' Choice Dance. Next chapter, Port Angeles. All the other (laughs) chapters are, like, mystique, intrigue.
1: Every once in a while, stories. you get a real. Port Angeles.
0: <laughs> yeah, every once in a while. Uh, so Port Angelus is a great chapter. So good. Oh, so good. Bella helps Jess and Angela look for dresses, and then she goes off on her own because she just can't bear to have friends with her when she looks at books. <laughs> and as she's walking looking for a bookstore, she gets, like, herded by these creepy-ass Stopped. men yeah. who clearly want to attack her and she's preparing to fight back when edward comes in out of nowhere and his yes, and his, ball in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his ball, throws the door open Get and in. and she's safe you know then they go to dinner and edward admits to being a vampire i would like to point out that he never actually admits to being a vampire. no not really but she gets answers yeah they have their most in-depth conversation to date absolutely then we move on to chapter nine, theory, where it's just a continuation of that one conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly, they're just still talking and it's a new chapter for some reason. <laughs> 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 and they, Bella's all like, but like, you are a vampire? And he's like, does it matter? Because he's upset that she said that she doesn't care if he's a vampire or not. Which I mean, like, fair. Yes. Yeah. It matters. <laughs> Okay. And chapter 9 ends with the iconic uh, paragraph about three things I was absolutely positive. Which we already read to you. Yeah, it's so good. But like we could reread it if we really wanted to. Okay, we'll save it though. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we should start with La Push which is our first introduction to Jacob and also to the Quileutes in general. Spoiler, we looked up how to say that because we weren't sure. So I found the actual tribe of actual people who are called Quileutes. Um, which, just to begin with, I want to talk about like her choice to use a real tribe of Native people. How do you feel about that? Um, I could see how it could be worse to make up a tribe like that obviously does not seem like a good option but picking a real tribe also is not a strong option yeah to create a mythology around like a group of people of color that you who have are, like, their indigenous own people and who have their own actual legends and mythology and, and history. that you are not part of right it's, a, know. it's a little sus do we know how much research you put into that? No, I have no I idea. Nothing. Having looked at literally one web webpage, um, it does, I mean, the things that we get from her don't seem that deeply tied to these people in particular. There's, like, one passing reference to an origin from wolves that is, like, not tied into much of what they put forth to the world. They're very, like, they're coastal, so it's, like, very coastal. And right. Obviously, they also have recent and current history and lives. So then she just like layers on all this stuff that she just has made up. There's a lot of conversation in the publishing industry around sensitivity readers or expert readers, which is like the practice of bringing in somebody that has specialized knowledge or personal experience with an identity or experience that you, the writer, do not have. And I feel confident that Stephanie Meyer did not do that. Not for these books. I don't even think like, anyone thought yeah, I think anybody that. Yeah, in 2005. About it. In 2005, no way. Really, in like 2003, 2004, when she was writing, it was just not oh, part of the conversation. Not. No. So we'll go into this knowing that the indigenous representation very well may be flawed in it's ways that def- we. definitely is. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's certainly flawed uh, in some ways that we uh, will be like clear to us, and in other ways that, like, we wouldn't even realize. Yeah, that we don't even know enough to know what's super problematic about this. Yeah. She does use the word TP twice. Oh, didn't didn't (laughs) see that yet. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Um, so this chapter starts off with Lauren being, like, super mad Bella. Like, I... I just really forgotten how nasty she was because she's like, I don't know why Bella doesn't just sit with the Cullen from now on. Also, the narration slash Bella's voice is always really nasty. Back. Oh, always. She's terrible. I can't stand reading her. Talk about Lauren. Do you have her any? voice is unpleasant and nasal. Yes, there it is. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yeah. What page is that? It's page one twelve. But then there's a great line from Mike where Mike is like, "She's my friend. She sits with us." And it's like, maybe from here on out, you can cool it on making fun of Mike when he stands up for you. So they go to La Push, and there is some beautiful description at the top of 115. This is where we first, I mean, we've seen a lot of, like, green and rain, but Bella's always so mad about it that you kind of can only get so into it. But this is, like, some real, like, aesthetic... Like, oh, this is why we all got so into forks. Also. Yeah, the water was dark gray, even in the sunlight, white-capped and heaving to the gray, rocky shore. That's excellent. Yeah. Like, the beach had only a thin border of actual sand at the water's edge, after which it grew into millions of large, smooth stones that looked uniformly gray from a distance, but up close were every shade a stone could be. Terracotta, sea green, lavender, blue-gray, dull gold. And, like, those are myriad colors that aren't just, like, annoying large words that you don't know what color it is. Like, yeah. they're actually descriptive types of gray. Yeah. <laughs> like, great job. And Beautiful. I, I kind of think that it speaks to Stephanie Meyer's own personal, like, reading interests because a lot of these, kind of like, you know, Jane Austen, Wuthering Heights, oh, yeah. those books that she's into all have, like, really lush, extensive descriptions of scenery. I feel like that influence really comes through in Twilight and in these chapters in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the aesthetic of the place that they're in is so important to, like, the mood setting. Yeah. And the mystery set up. The sun shone bravely in its halo of blue sky. Mm-hmm. That's great. Can I go into my best sentence here? Because it's, like, in that paragraph.
1: You know what? Yeah. Okay. Who cares?
0: Okay, so my, my best sentence was... The green light of the forest was strangely at odds with the adolescent laughter, too murky and ominous to be in harmony with the light banter around me. I almost picked that as my best. Sentence. Yes, I was just like, girlfriend, you are meshing the beautiful scenery with like the laughter of all the people. Yeah. I was like, that was that was great. Can I that also add though that it's a little? She could have done it in fewer words. Okay, still a good sentence. <laughs> you can say that about almost any story. If that's true. She it's ain't a little. Repetitive. Repetitive. We all ain't like Hemingway. It's true. I'm not Hemingway. That's true. Uh, I want to do an honorable mention to the the Driftwood fire mm-hmm. and how it's blue. Mm-hmm. I was it's enchanted so by, this, by this idea Yes. as a teenager. Like, wow, like blue fire. Uh, never thought to Google it, but I imagined <laughs> it lots. <laughs> uh, then they're just like hanging out at La Push for so long before anything actually happens. I right know. Like, they go see the tide pools, and it's so much discussion over whether or not she's going to go to the tide pools. Right. And then... Currently, yeah, like, this is more of, like, Bella's only um, character trait, being clumsy. Yeah. There's yeah.
1: There's like, a while
0: that. That's this. It's a lot of her, like, I needed to walk so carefully. <laughs> I have no idea. If I weren't that careful, I would die. <laughs> and then we finally meet Jacob, who... Is immediately, like, very friendly, and they get along right away. But also, Um, we have to remember that he's young. mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a baby. He's a baby. That way when he turns into a werewolf and, like, ages, like, four years and, like, two weeks, we... It's actually noticeable. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, On page 119, I want to draw attention to... The sentence, oh, I said relieved, shaking his sleek hand. Why does not shake hands? Describe hands so weird. Why are they shaking hands? Why is his hand sleek? What, is that what exactly? does that mean? <laughs> is it just like moist? It like <laughs> no, oh, it like it no, it's just pleasant. Is it shiny? No, it's a normal <laughs> hand. Like, I describe hair Normal and, and pleasant. I have what? questions about this. I would never describe anything as normal and pleasant as also sleek. More yeah. bad writing. <laughs> uh, so Bella's trying to flirt with Jacob to because like one of the boys has been like, "Oh yeah, the Cullens don't come here." So Bella's trying to get more information, and she says that she imitates the way Edward had of looking up from underneath his eyelashes, and I was like, "Which I did try to do." I totally I got, got that. Like, oh, you tried to smolder. Yeah. Which she I was dismise. She was probably bad at it, but as usual, everyone receives Bella a million times better than she thinks of herself. Oh, 100%. which again is just why we all like we all make fun of her, but also we wanted to be that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like also, when you are sixteen. Some 16 year olds have awesome self esteem, and I love that for them, but a lot of 16 year olds yeah. don't. I did not. Yeah, it's fun to think that maybe when you're being down on yourself, secretly everybody else is it's like, like totally into crazy. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything you think yeah. is a flaw or a failure, they just celebrate. Jacob immediately becomes boy number five, I believe, who is interested. <laughs> In her that she is not interested in. He is so entranced by her weird, awkward <laughs> flirting that he has a full-on Hagrid moment. She's like, "Oh, the Collins," and he goes, "Oops, I'm not supposed to say anything <laughs> yeah, about that." Not. It's so I should not have said that. I should not have said that. Okay, but my worst sentence is also in this part. Okay, Can I, I say my one. worst sentence? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's it's really a two-sentence. I tried to make my smile alluring. He smiled back though, looking allured. I heard, Wait, that's your worst. <laughs> yeah, That's good. What? It's like a callback. This is a thing we have every single time we do a best sentence worst sentence. <laughs> we disagree over whether or not she it's just good. says, "I'm trying to make my smile alluring," and he smiles back, looking, looking allured. allured. Right. So it's what? like I tried and I succeed, and it's not. It's like intentionally repetitive. I don't think Maya, so. Am tiebreaker? <laughs> I think it's not particularly good or particularly bad, but I agree that it's intentionally repetitive. Yeah. That's for sure. Okay, but I did cut out, like, half of a sentence in order to make that more concise, so I don't know if it was intentional. <laughs> it definitely was. Whatever, I don't like it. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, I want to bring up some of the religious imagery. Yes, did you see the Noah's Ark? Yeah, okay. It really goes back to your point about. We are working in a Christian context, people. Okay, so this is Jacob explaining his own people's legends. Well, there are lots of legends, some of them claiming to date back to the flood, which is capitalized. Supposedly, the ancient Quileutes tied their canoes to the tops of the tallest trees on the mountain to survive, like Noah and the ark. Why would he mention Noah and the ark? (coughs) Like, does will Bella not understand unless it is referenced back to a story she has already heard? Like I really think that it goes back to your point, Olivia, about, you know, the inappropriateness of Stephanie Meyer creating legends for these people because she's projecting like her own stories. Right. She can't do it without referencing her own stories. Yeah. She's basically centering herself. Right. She's like, oh, you know, like the flood from the Bible. You know, that's the default story. Right, exactly. (laughs) The correct one. Exactly. So there's a lot of religious imagery here, and we start getting into the werewolf stuff. Yes. Which is really cool because I know when I read Twilight and I'm told like, oh yeah, vampires are real. Even though we're given this history that werewolves existed at some point, it never occurred to me that... That legend would also that be we true. were going to no. get werewolves. <laughs> yeah, how did I not anticipate that? I don't know. I don't honestly don't remember if I realized I or not. I did not. Oh, well, because this book was also the first introduction in young adult to vampires, so there was no precedent. Of that like, can't be true. Oh, okay. It's not true, but it was a popular <laughs> like the first the first mainstream phenomenon, right? of vampires, and right. so there was no, like, also vamp- also werewolves. Right. I mean, if you write a vampire story, you can put whatever exactly. you want. Like, you're not going to default definitely put werewolves in. Yeah, that just became right. a thing after Twilight. Right. Do you guys remember those books? It had a black cover, and on the inside there was, like, a pocket with just a ton of stuff in it. No. Like, every bit of just, like, material from the book. So, like, if someone wrote a number down on a napkin, there would be a oh, napkin yeah. with a number in it at the back. Yes. Like, every little prop existed in the book, and, like, you could call all the numbers and all this stuff. And, like, it was, like, contemporary, but when you got to, like, the last fifth of the book, it turned out that stuff had been supernatural all ah. along, and I was so mad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Which is why there's, like, a preface, and Jacob starts talking about vampires. Well, and even, like, we, we've gotten hints already of the supernatural stuff. Like, Belle is already speculating She's she thinks he's a superhero. She's yeah. So. Then we go into chapter seven, Nightmare, which I'm hoping we can just coast right through. Like, she tells Charlie that she has homework. She okay. can't do her homework. We, so we can't skip her dialing up her computer and <laughs> closing like the pop up ads. Naturally the screen was covered in pop-up ads. <laughs> Eventually I made it to my favorite search engine. Like Just, like, I'm so glad that we have learned the lesson. Put in as little social, like, computer technology as possible. Like, you're just, like, I searched. I looked up. I looked up vampire. Like, we have just whittled down so far, and I'm very glad that we are no longer, like, my internet was so slow that just dialing up took so long that I decided to go get myself a bowl of cereal while I waited. Like, just skip all that stuff. (laughs) uninteresting, We don't want to know. Boring no, but and it doesn't age well. I think it's supposed to actually increase the t- suspense, but right. I think it fails. Okay. It just but feels frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed rereading that. <laughs> I mean I was it's like, so oh, quaint. Yeah. I mean it really did make me remember when I was 14 and had to wait to dial up my internet. It's very quaint. Like, it really took me back. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Then she dreams, all of her dreams no, wait. are, like, important. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. We, we skipped over the fact that, like, this is when she d- figures out that he's a vampire. Like, Jacob is the first one to say no, the word vampire. No, page 130. Oh, you mean back in the previous chapter? No, even here. Like, she's finally figuring out. Did she dream before? Yeah, so... She even- Chapter 7, she goes home, tells Uh, Charlie she has homework. Then we get so much information about a CD that she's listening to to distract herself. (laughs) It's (laughs) Linkin Park. (laughs) I know that. And then she dreams because all of her dreams are, like, prophetic. She correctly predicts the color wolf that Jacob will eventually be. Yeah, we never get back to, like, that never comes around. Like, oh, by the way... Bella could could dream everything this whole time. I mean, I don't know if it was actually supposed to be a thing or Stephanie was just like, oh, yeah, I made him have red fur in that dream, so he's going to have red fur now. Well, doesn't it match his hair color? Maybe. No, he has black hair. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, you know what? (laughs) That's something to discuss. (laughs) Bella is canonically a psychic. Yeah, (laughs) and we just never talk about it. I'm writing this down as a possible chapter. (laughs) Bella, I mean episode title, Bella is canonically psychic. a psychic. I don't know. I never made that connection. And so then in the dream, the wolf attacks Edward. Even though she knows that he's dangerous, she's still worried about him. Mm -hmm. And then, even though we didn't need any of that, we get to, like, a little bit of action in the chapter, which is her actually Googling vampire. Right. But it's like, imagine if she had just gone home and Googled vampire. Right. There's just all Uh. this description of her avoiding vampire. Yeah, I think it's supposed to, like, build up how she doesn't, she kind of doesn't want to know. But she could just say that. Yeah. She She could. could be like, You know, I listened to music to try to distract myself. I cleaned the whole house to try to distract myself. But some things you just can't distract yourself from. Like the possibility that your new kind of friend is supernatural. So I googled vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. She needed an editor. Then we get a little bit of interesting information about different vampires from around like, the world, Mm -hmm. but it really feels more like reading a reference book than a novel. (laughs) Um, Although I appreciate that she puts in, like, some other... Like, this is is our world, where, like, a bunch of people have made up a bunch of separate things about vampires, and we don't know which one is true yet. Like, there are vampires right now. We just haven't figured out, you know, that they live next door to us. I wondered if we should take this to mean... That there are lots of different kinds of Ooh. vampires all existing in the world. That would be cool. I think they address this later where Bella talks about how she Googled and Edward says most of it is just stupid. Maybe, or something. maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know. Because obviously there's know. vampires all over, but she makes a point of saying that these vampires have like different like characteristics. Right. There's a little hint of Stephanie Meyer's brand of feminism in this section, <laughs> because she talks about how some of the stories seem designed to just, like, mm. excuse the bad behavior of men, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for doing that. And okay. then she then goes, like, a goes a into the woods. Then she goes <laughs> into the woods, which uh, also is, like, too... I don't know. It's a lot, but it is actually a really important part because Bella makes all of her decisions while thinking really hard for a while um and she actually makes a very crucial decision in this chapter where nothing happens um are you referring to the decision that it doesn't matter to her what Edward is yes that in that dream she wasn't worried for herself she was worried for Edward who in her dream was dangerous and a vampire And she says, and I knew in that I had my answer. I didn't know if there was ever a choice, really. I was already in too deep. That's page 139. And I do think that reading her deliberation is interesting. Mm -hmm. Because it helps you, like, it helps the reader put themselves in Bella's perspective and her shoes. It's like, okay, what would I think? Let's weigh these pros and cons. Let's Mm -hmm. put down all the information that we have so far. I just think that it comes too slow Mm -hmm. that it takes too long and then we don't need yet another dream for bella to come to this realization right she can just you know examine her feelings and be like i even when i think the very worst possibilities i still want to be around him so i guess it doesn't matter because this book is just so so packed full of her like important dreams I'm bored of them. Yeah, there's (laughs) definitely too many. I wonder if that is influenced by the famous story that Stephanie imagined this book first in her dream. She dreamt about it. That she dreamed the meadow scene, and that is where this whole thing came from. So she's just, like, way too into dreams. Maybe. I love... I mean, I assume that she's telling the truth when she tells that story. I don't see why she would lie about it. But I love the idea that she dreams that one scene and then wakes up and is like... (gasps) Like I must, I must write this. Yeah. Like I don't dream about other people. What? I. In you mean my like dream, you're always in your own dreams? Yeah, I'm always in my dream, and I'm like seeing. So like, what you're saying is that this whole book is a self-insert stephen <laughs> <admire> Meyer book. <laughs> she dreamed herself in the meadow with a sparkly vampire, and she was like, <laughs> That's very powerful, built an though. empire gonna... <laughs> around it." <laughs> Okay, but also yeah, (laughs) good for her. People love to make fun of Stephanie Meyer, but she is laughing her way to the bank, yeah, absolutely. People love to diss on Twilight, but it's still selling what like 400 copies a week, yeah, something like that. I was delightedly making a a podcast about it, so (laughs) don't fun us, yeah, okay, 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 but no, we really need to talk about how. Bella makes this decision before she has that much information. And then this is the decision that affects all of her choices moving forward. Like, she even says about herself, once the decision was made, I simply followed through, usually with relief that the choice was made. And, like, she makes this choice and then kind of, like, pretends like she never had a choice. Right. And even while making the choice, she says, I didn't know if there was ever a choice. It was like, this is just fated to be... She has no opportunity. And it's like, really? You don't have a choice? Yeah, you barely know this kid. You absolutely had a choice. Her tone becomes extremely matter-of-fact. Yeah, once she makes this decision, she's just like, I went home, I did this, I slept I slept dreamlessly, like, I was in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get that feeling of, like, especially, you know, as you're, like, falling for somebody, and especially at this age when you're falling for somebody, it is, like feels so inevitable and like you you know it like fate is like this wonderful thing but it is sort of like a weird way to take away so much of her like decision making through the rest of the book think of how much more interesting it would have been if she like tried to get herself to not fall in love with Edward, right like if she tried to make a different choice and then found her like self like pulled back to him too drawn back in and like You know, maybe there's some kind of plot point where she has to help him in some way. Like, who knows? It would just be more interesting. Then Bella goes to school. I want to get through this really quickly so we can get to Port Angeles. Absolutely. She goes to school. Mike asks her out. She's, like, doing her homework, and she's like, it was mostly done, the product of a slow social life. And I wrote down, fuck you, you're popular. (laughs) (laughs) Then I wrote, she needs a hobby. Because Bella's just like, Drawing in the so margins, hard. just reading the oh, same books f- over and over. And, like, the Eating rest cereal. of this chapter is, like, her being so bored <laughs> with yeah. her whole life. It's like, get a hobby to fill this time in between your Edward. Yeah, okay? which, again, is, like, relatable, but I don't want to read a whole half a chapter about it. It's just too much. Okay, so my guests her out. She says no, and she tells him to ask Jessica out instead. Uh... And they. He which is betrayal, I feel like. FYI. Of as, Mike? A teena- no, as, as a teeny No, as a teenager, Jessica. I was like, oh, to t- how dare you? To tell oh. Mike that Jessica liked him. Yeah. Basically. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. She's, yeah, she's like acting like she's 40 again. Yeah. Which is what she does all the time. I think that. Jessica would be mad if she found out if it hadn't gone so well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, since Mike asked her out, she's like, whatever. But also, it is it really realistic that it would have worked out so well? Of I think not. not. Of course not. I, I don't know. I mean, like a 16, 17 year old boy, it's like, oh, the girl I don't I like isn't into me, but she says that this other, like, pretty nice girl in my friend group is into me. Yeah, what the hell? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I kind of see it. For girls, I see it less because it's, right. like, like, you've yeah, you've already been surrounded by all these boys. You you understand what the options are. Yeah, but, like, uh, boys are so oblivious. I don't know. I just really felt a knife in my back when I read that. <laughs> I feel you. So, then they go to Port Angeles, and it passes without comment while they're looking for dresses. Except for... Um, The sentence, it had been a while since I'd had a girl's night out and the estrogen rush was invigorating. First of all, that's never happened to me in my life. (laughs) Second of all, Bella doesn't really seem like the type to have that happen to her from dress shopping. And we certainly don't see the evidence of that estrogen rush invigorating her. She's still acting very reserved. (laughs) Okay, but I also just want to highlight the sentence I underlined where it just says, we were in the junior section now, scanning the racks for dress-up clothes. Yeah. I was like, this really feels like an adult woman trying to be like, I'm a hip teenager, we're (laughs) looking for dress-up clothes. Why would you describe it as the junior (laughs) section? You would never say that about yourself. No. You just she needed an editor that's the kind of thing that an editor would absolutely catch yeah dress up clothes oh on the top of page 156 i wrote melissa (laughs) exclamation (laughs) point because the bookstore that bella abandons her friends to go find the windows were full of crystals dream catchers and books about spiritual healing that's very Melissa. She um, would like it there. Yeah. yeah, I highlighted it and wrote, "That's my shit." This is <laughs> like I also loved these kinds of stories right. at like as a teen, also and now. Love these kinds of stores, and it's like very strange to me that this this makes me feel like Stephanie didn't totally know who her demographic was. Like oh, yeah. her demographic, like the I feel like uh, not her demographic likes crystal-y Lee but I don't stores. know that they did. Maybe not in, in 2000. 2005. Maybe not. Right. Today, it's all astrology and tarot cards. Right. And the demographic that's into tw- Twilight is very into that stuff. But when I read this, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like woo-woo spiritual Land. stuff that like Woo. my mom would go to. Right. right. I think this was really a moment where they were highlighting, like, yeah... It's not weird that she believes in vampires because she's so rational about all these other areas of her life. Yeah, but also, if she was going to go anywhere to find out about vampires, it would be this bookstore. Yeah, it true. Would be. <laughs> <laughs> true. If anybody believes in vampires in this whole place, it's the lady with, with the long, long hair. gray hair worn straight down her back, clad in a dress right out of the 60s. Yeah. She true. knows about vampires. <laughs> 100%. Uh, later, the next paragraph, we get the iconic line, stupid, unreliable vampire. Just great work. Put that on a lot of icons, too. I <laughs> bet you did. <laughs> and then we get to the scene where Bella encounters these four men who are all laughing and walking together, and she just has a feeling in the pit of her stomach that they're unsafe and she shouldn't be around them. And I think this is such a great example of how well Stephanie Meyer can write suspense and fear because like the feelings that Bella is feeling here like the unease, the concern it was so like atmospheric at the same time she's clutching her jacket like tighter to herself and a single van passes and then the road is empty Mm -hmm. it felt just like spot on, pitch perfect I know, like, we've all had experiences walking alone at night where you just are scared, whether there are right. people there or not. And, and this, you doubt yourself. Like right. she does, like Bella does, she says, but I hesitated, inhibited, unsure that I was really being pursued. Right. And I, and it's like, listen to your gut. Yeah. Get yeah. out of there. A small, frightened voice, this is the top of 159, a small, frightened voice in the back of my mind warned me that they might be something worse than thieves. That, like, little voice that tells you, like, okay, this is unsafe. Right. Yeah, and it's just like an experience that so many people have had that you get. And it's so, it's like a very um, common way to become a damsel in distress. Yeah. But then she gets saved. Yes. She she does get saved. Which, again, is like. (laughs) first, she's at least trying to save herself. She is. Yes, she is. Okay, I love Bella's fight at the bottom of 161. Mm -hmm. Like, she says. That same pessimistic voice in my mind spoke up then, reminding me that I probably wouldn't have a chance against one of them, and there were four. Shut up, I commanded the voice before terror could incapacitate me. I wasn't going out without taking someone with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Bella's attitude here. And she dove in front of Edward's car. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, this is Bella as an action hero. She dove in front of a car. We talk so much about her being passive and uninteresting and not having a personality, but, like, this is... This, I think, is just evidence that we don't give her enough credit. Yes, but then she is not allowed to... She doesn't get to save herself. True. That's true. She Then the hero, the real hero swoops in and Edward and a saves Baldwin. her. Which but is that's so appealing. But that's not about Bella. Like, of course it's appealing. Right. To ha- be saved. Right. In such a dramatic way. Like yes. Like someone that y- you think might be dangerous, but who actually wants you safe. Someone who has blazing eyes. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, he says, get in, a furious voice commanded. Stephanie Meyer is really good at describing Edward's voice when he's angry or upset. Mm -hmm. When he's happy, it's like a lot of her descriptions are weird. (laughs) But, like, when when they're having intense conversations and his voice is, like, furious and his tone was livid, Mm -hmm. like, you're so in it. So... They kind of start, he's obviously very upset that she was in danger, and we also come to realize that he's trying not to go kill these people. Which, like, um, now that I'm rereading this, I'm like, go fucking kill them. <laughs> murder them. Vigilant them. to this shit up. <laughs> um, and I just want to say that there's this part where he closes his eyes and pinches the bridge of his nose with his thumb and... Point a finger, and I—I I was so into that as a teenager, and I don't know why. Okay, I do that now.
1: <laughs> um, when I'm now, young, we
0: are that, and I'm pretty positive it's because I read this and thought it was just so like, oh, wow, what a smart. Is move. it like very like, like intelligence? It's like, like long suffering, long adult. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That okay. So this whole segment and the following dinner, I think. Part of the appeal of the whole series when you're a teenager is how adult this feels. Mm -hmm. Like, I know at 16, I wouldn't have been walking around alone. No. To start with. No. That never would have happened, even if she's 17. I don't know how old she is. I think she's 17. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be walking around alone to start with and then to have dinner dinner date. the handsome mysterious man at like a nice restaurant who the waitress is really into and the waitresses are probably at least 20 right yeah like no yeah that's true and i just i remember like poor like rereading this dinner scene i read this whole chapter over and over again yeah the sense of independence and choice Bella keeps saying, like, oh, I didn't have a choice, but like you can go wherever right. you want. She could go back with Jessica and Angela and she chooses not to. I I, I just love Bella to this. be there at all. I wasn't allowed out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But like Bella was I wanted to be Bella in this scene. Like specifically, um, she I think was like just super bold, like she tells Edward, she's mm-hmm. like, You really shouldn't do that to people. It's hardly fair. Like about him dazzling. Yeah. And he's like, Do I dazzle yeah. you? And she's like, Yeah. Frequently. All the time. Yeah. And and I'm like, like, I would never I would have never admitted to that. No. Are like, no, you she don't just affect me. It. Yeah. I know. And it's amazing. Also, I wrote to him that seg segment because she says, You haven't noticed, and he's like, No. I wrote, he's faking, he knows he does. <laughs> <laughs> he can literally read minds. He knows he dazzles people. <laughs> Okay, and I also love though that we finally get to see what Edward wears, um, because we don't ever. Oh, and it's know so what he weird. I know. <laughs> but also, I want to point out that I have the exact opposite experience of Bella here. Like she says that she can only ever look at his face, and she never notices the clothes. But, like, when I'm super into someone, I, like, cannot look at their face. <laughs> I cannot look them in the eye. <laughs> right. And so well, I focus on their clothing. Maybe they it. just haven't been a dead, uh, vampire that you, ah, you yeah, can't right. look away from. Exactly. I mean, he's so inhumanly beautiful. Right. right. Um, I also think it's, it's strange how long it takes her to ask what he's doing there. Like, they yeah. hang out for so long before she's like, why... Are you here? Okay, she well, just she's accepts, already accepts... She's already accepted everything. That he... Everything. Just is always going to be where she yeah. needs him to be. It's true. She acts very curious, but when she accepts just being with him no matter what, she lets go of a lot of her curiosity. Right. Because there's less decision-making, so it's like you don't need to know things when you've already decided. I want to pay a little bit of attention to just, like, their conversation and how romantic the an adult the language is uh-huh. that color blue looks lovely with your skin <laughs> oh and God. he's like worried that she's going into shock and she says I feel very safe with you right okay but who says that blue looks good with your skin I mean I think it's normal to be like oh that blue that's, that's like a great color for you I don't know that's but how you say it old. though you say you look great in that color you not like the blue looks good with your skin yeah but he's so old <laughs> He's like a hundred and two. <laughs> it just like really made me focus on like, oh, her skin as like something separate from the rest of her. <laughs> and <laughs> then it looks good. And, with the color uh, yeah. That color blue looks great with your hair. <laughs> that's better. That's better. That's no, that's better. worse. No, it's better. I think that's way worse. I said that as a joke because I thought it was. <laughs> worse. Oh boy, there's just like. It's such a great roller coaster of emotion. It's, yeah, back to like the roller coaster of right. them talking to each other is always a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, bottom of page one seventy one. His long white hand. <laughs> wrote, Her hand descriptions are so bizarre. <laughs> long and white. That's weird. Um, this is. I mean, this is like I can see how it's adult and romantic, but it's also where we really start to see Edward be very controlling like obviously we talked about his gaslighting previously um but here like even when it starts with when he commands her to get in his car which like this is another one of those things that like you can see on the surface its appeal and also how it's actually very insidious yeah um and I think as a teenager the things that I see as dangerous now I totally bought at the time like, even just all of the language, like, drink, he ordered, I sipped at my soda obediently. Like, why yeah. does he have to order you to drink soda? Just drink your soda. Yeah. Or, like, suggest that I drink some soda. I can see a lot of my complexes being developed in this scene. <laughs> 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 um, mostly, like, Bella describes how, you know... Edward only looks at her and like never looks at the waitresses. And I mm-hmm. and I have like distinct memories of like being out on dates. and I mean, like he's not looking at me, you Yeah, <laughs> he's looking at other people. Uh huh. That's like, guess are, what? Humans look at I lots know. of humans <laughs> on dates. That's that's yeah. how people work. So anyway, that was really unhappy. I think as a teenager, <laughs> I was so drawn in by the idea of someone that's just like obsessed with. Right. The, like, yeah. It is. It's so appealing. Like. like him being controlling when you're like 16 I think 16 year olds today are much smarter than I was as a 16 year old just across the board they've improved as (laughs) things that can exist 16 year olds are dope as hell but like I was like oh like he's controlling out of like an expression out of love yeah Yeah. that's such a dangerous idea Right. that I was guzzling up (laughs) Okay, but these are still popular with like current teenagers and they like yeah, they're they they still, still are really into this. Yeah. But they're also living in, like, a post-Twilight criticism world. Because mm-hmm. when we first read Twilight, the backlash wasn't there. That's true. Like, I'm sure people were talking about it, but it wasn't part of the cultural consciousness. Right. Like, we knew that, like, a bunch of moms were into this book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twilight <laughs> Oh, moms? <laughs> Loved it. Loved it so much. Probably because Edward also acts like a... Like an a, adult man. Yeah. And so they can project their own love onto this teenager. Right. And hence, we got Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Oh, I oh, wrote God. in here, I wrote a little note about how, like, this is where you understand how Fifty Shades of Grey came from this. It's this like, scene. Yeah, it's, it's like this scene of him being, like, controlling in a way that, like, expresses con- concern Out Out in public. At but, dinner, right. after having just saved her. Did you guys read Fifty Shades of Grey? No. no, I didn't either. <laughs> I never read it. Shit. Do we have to read it? I think we have to read <laughs> it. <laughs> That's for future us to do it. <laughs> uh, before we move on to Chapter 9 Theory, I want to talk about this scene in the movie when Edward is admitting to Harry that he can read minds. He's, like, naming what people are thinking about. Oh, He's yeah! Like, money, money, sex, money. Cat. cat. <laughs> Guy with like a beard and he's like <laughs> It's a good joke. A comic genius. <laughs> um, Catherine Hardwick, nice work. This is also where we see how um Bella just kind of brushes things off using her feelings. Um so like on 174 he finally admits that he followed her to Port Angeles. And she says, I wondered if it should bother me that he was following me. Instead, I felt a strange surge of pleasure, which, again, as discussed, we kind of get, but is not good. Maybe that's where I got that from. (laughs) I totally decide things based entirely on how I feel and not on facts at all. Okay, so that might be personality, but it could also be (laughs) Twilight. On the next page, she also says... Um, he's talking again about how dangerous he is, which he does all the time. All the time. And she says, I, I felt a spasm of fear at his words and the abrupt memory of his violent black glare that first day, but the overwhelming sense of safety I felt in his presence stifled it. Like, all right. Like, this is just how she deals with everything. It's like, well, that seems bad, but I feel great right now. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to be good with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't believe we almost didn't I mean, mention that she she can he's be like, yeah, that. I'm a mind reader. Oh, Yeah. Um, She's fine with that. She's fine with I it. Mean, all. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, yeah, she definitely just she doesn't really care what he is saying. It's just like, oh, he's talking to me. Thank God. So, which like gonna, I relate to that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on to chapter nine theory, my favorite part of this chapter and a part that, I mean, I read, I reread this whole section Mm -hmm. over and over again as a teenager, but one I read so much was when Edward like snaps at Bella and she cries just the tiniest bit and Edward is so angry at himself for making her cry. Mm -hmm. What a moment. Yeah, I mean, he does well, it's obviously... really problematic. We, we'll say that now. Yes. <laughs> for any readers. <laughs> but he does, like, take care of her, which is the appealing part. Like, he right. is also disgusted by himself. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's legitimately apologetic Yeah. during that. What's he's again? not angry. I'm looking for the page, if anyone can find it. He's not angry about what he said, because, like, he means everything that he says. <laughs> is it like, better or, or worse? Like, he's like, I am, I think it's better, because what he's saying is, like, I am dangerous, and it's not good for us to be together, but what he's angry at is the way that he treats her, mm. and I'm like, yeah. And I noted that Bella's the only person that Edward can be honest with, because it's, you know, a lot of the Twilight discourse was like, why would Edward even be interested in Bella? Like, she's just a random girl. And for whatever reason, like, Bella does have this perception that other people don't have, and so she's been able to get close to Edward and like actually have conversations he with him he also can't read her mind and I think that's he, a lot of oh, it that's yeah. true that intrigue I didn't even think about that well I think he's initially intrigued because of that but I do also think it allows them to have like a more normal relationship like she's literally the only person that he can have a normal relationship with right yeah so makes sense why he chooses her that's for sure <laughs> uh, we're approaching my best sentence so I kind of want to go ahead and say it go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Middle of 187, I was aware of the time slipping away so quickly, like the black road beneath us, and I was hideously afraid that I would never have another chance to be with him like this again. Mm. Openly, the walls between us gone for once. Mm. I loved hideously afraid. Mm. Yeah, I underlined hideously afraid. The idea of time slipping away like the black road beneath us. Mm -hmm. Especially because he's driving so fast. Yeah, it gives you such a great sense of like, place feeling atmosphere it's a great sentence emotion mm-hmm. yeah we definitely get like her they're very intense like she just uses such intense tense emotion words which i feel like i've already said but like grief it makes me anxious to be away from you the possibility tormented me just like everything is so deeply felt Which makes it really, um, I don't know, like really draws you in. But also from the outside, it's like, okay, you probably shouldn't like be tormented about not seeing this person that you've known for three days. Yeah, I think that it makes, if this were a different book and it were like, you know, seven pages of back and forth conversation (laughs) and literally nothing else is happening. And they're also just like, like, I don't know. If this were any other book and it was just all this conversation, I think it would start to feel boring. Mm-hmm. But because it's so emotionally charged, right? It really holds you there. Yeah. Like when you read this section, truly nothing is happening. They're just driving back, but they're building such a like intense emotional connection that I re- I've probably reread this like 50 times. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is where Bella says that She's noticed, she's got this theory that men in particular are <laughs> crabbier when they're hungry, and Edward goes, you are observant, aren't you? <laughs> That's um, just a fact we all know. Yeah, it's not groundbreaking. <laughs> also, I am so crabby when I'm hungry, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person when not I'm hungry. Not sure if it's gender specific, but <laughs> <for a> holler, <laughs> Yeah, I understand. Where the word hangry comes from. <laughs> and then Edward admits, he says, it makes me anxious mm-hmm. to be away from you. I reread that line all the time. (laughs) Melissa just sat up with the intensity like she was going to do parkour. Like, that line, I just remember being so frustrated on any dates I went on, like, throughout high school and college, and being like, why aren't any boys telling me what they're feeling? (laughs) It's so hard to get any man in general to talk about his feelings. That when you're 16 and a boy is being emotionally vulnerable. And about book, you. Right? And about it's about you. you. Like, he wouldn't do this for someone else. No. It's about you. But that's also, powerful. like, shouldn't be anxious about it. I mean, that's a whole separate thing, Olivia. <laughs> but it's like, if part of what we're trying to do here is understand why of this is we so, yeah. so appealing. Of course, it's so appealing. You want to be somebody's everything, and she's just, like, inexplicably and immediately his everything. And he says that. Mm -hmm. And he says it And shows it. Yeah. He's also not, like, being a fuckboy, like, oh, yeah, I really care about you, love. (laughs) And then there are no actions behind it. Or, you know, just, like, leaving little clues and being like, oh, I'm going to let you, like, infer that I love you. No. No, he's like, I'm anxious about you. I'm into you. Yeah she's like wow wow it's It's great it's all true it's great i did get really mad when um she so bella says you might have called me about like not knowing why he wasn't going to be in school and he says, it says he was puzzled but i knew you were safe which implies that he just didn't care about about her her feelings yeah like it didn't occur to her him that she had feelings I think that that's not as bad as him not caring about her feelings. It's I think just like that it didn't if occur to him. Yeah, if you're in Edward's perspective and he's, like, falling in love with this, like, beautiful mysterious girl and he's like so tormented and like has such a past yeah he thinks that his inner life is like the richest one around which all of us do and maybe like he doesn't understand that she's into him yet but like i just i feel like there's still a dissonance because he has clearly been like oh i'm upset that i've made you upset and you know like oh i feel anxious like when you're not around like clearly there's some you know thought of oh, what is Bella doing when I'm right. not around, et cetera, right. et cetera. And so also I would want there to be a, oh, maybe Bella would like to know this When thing. I'm fine. Right. right. I think that it it's an indication of how Edward doesn't understand the depth of Bella's feelings. Yeah. Edward knows that Bella's interested in him, but Edward doesn't have any kind of conception of like just how deeply That's true. she's come to care. Because he can't read her mind yeah and he and also is like everything. very self-deprecating like for how much she talks about how perfect he is like Edward is pretty self-deprecating like he doesn't think that he's amazing and perfect yeah he's like I know that physically I am engineered to appear perfect right. but how could someone look at me and not see the monster <laughs> I right, exactly. who could ever love a beast? okay you talked me into it <laughs> Everything Olivia says is so well-reasoned <laughs> that if I get one, I'm like, yay! Yeah! <laughs> then he says, don't go into the woods alone. I bet Melissa put that on an icon. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I want to briefly end by talking about just the iconic end of this show. Of chapter. course. It's amazing. Maybe we should go ahead and read it. Should I, should I read it? Read it. <laughs> okay, course. great. About three things I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Irrevocably? Um, I don't remember. I <laughs> really think it's irrevocably. This is, another, been this. <laughs> this is another point where her editor missed that the text says potent, and the back of the book says dominant. Oh, I know. That's why I switched <gasps> up on that word. Which I remembered because I remembered how weirdly I said the word dominant the first time that we read this. <laughs> and on the inside, it says potent. Yeah, no, I literally I wonder sure which I read way that, it and started. I was like, that's wrong. And I wonder like, if you go pick up Twilight in a story now, if what they fixed the it. current print run If they had. fixed it, yeah. <sighs> so weird. Working in publishing changes your whole brain. (laughs) It changes your whole brain. And no matter how many proofreaders you get on a book, a mistake will slip through. Of course. And a seven-year-old somewhere will catch it and (laughs) they will find your email and they will email you about it. Yeah. So I want to figure out who at like Little Brown is in charge of Twilight Oh God. and keeping up and I want to send an email and be like um, maybe you didn't know this, <laughs> but actually the tone is always like, you absolutely didn't know this, you idiot, but so luckily I'm smart, so I'm doing you a favor and telling you. It's true, it usually is like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so by now Bella has decided. She knows very little about vampires, but she is certain that she doesn't care that Edward's a vampire. She's in it. Not only and that she doesn't it. care that Edward's a vampire, but she doesn't care that her life is in danger. No, she doesn't which be. I think is more important. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know how potent or dominant that part might be. So yeah, he hasn't even like talked about how intensely he wants to drink her blood at all times. Okay, he didn't really bring that up yet. I want to talk about my most important part of this quote, which is where she says that she's in love with, in love him. with him. Already in love. In love. First time as mentioned, right? Yes. Can we count the number of conversations they've had? It's two. <laughs> it's more it's than, more than two. <laughs> two. And two of them are okay, like very emotionally vulnerable. If we have to think about it being more than two, it's still <laughs> too little. She has probably spent more time worri- like wondering about him well, than yeah, talking to him. But like that's how it percent. is. That's how being a teenager is. Yes. Also, that's any relationship with any Effort. person. True, 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 true. I mean, any, like, romantic relationship. At the beginning, yeah. At the beginning, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I'm trying to remember my first crush in high school. I probably would have said I was in love with him very early. I definitely would not have, because I was like, that is a thing that stupid people <laughs> do. That's a mistake that, but like... But did you think st- that you were in love with him? No. I'd really? be like anyone in high school who says they're in love is wrong <laughs> th- and they're actually not and so I'm not gonna make that mistake it was very superior and obnoxious I think that I thought that people could be in love in high school but I don't I don't think I said that about crushes I'm trying to I think I would have thought like I was like oh wow I'm just so into this guy you know what? I think I'm in love with him Melissa <laughs> well, is like the true Bella stand. Like he- <laughs> I, I know, understand why Melissa was the most these. out into this at the time. I mean, yeah. Honestly, probably me thinking that I might be in love with someone was because of this book, so... <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of, like, cultural everything was telling you that you were in love with somebody. Okay, fair. Thank you, Olivia. <laughs> but either way, uh, unconditionally and irrevocably, irrevocably, mm. however you say that word... <laughs> um, I was like, wow, yeah, I really want to feel that way about something. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Well, and that's like, Bella spends so much time being bored. Oh, yeah. So that Edward is even more interesting. It's the only thing that she has to look forward to. The only thing she ever is interested in. Except for falling. She doesn't even think about, like, college. She worries about falling, (laughs) and she wonders what Edward is up to. Any other, like, smart teenage girl in a small town would be thinking like you know what I just have to get through this and then I get to go she's to school where go to school in Hawaii barely barely that's about the weather <laughs> she's it not is like more about the weather wait. than about she's being not like in college. I'm going to go and find my people no. that's where I'm going to make friends just right. like man there'll be sunshine in Hawaii one day yeah it's true okay but I did want to really quickly before we wrap up there was a part in here that um, made me, like, scream, um, <laughs> and I have to find it now, shit, I don't
1: know,
0: you can spend time finding it, okay, yeah, just I'll just cut this out, I'm just gonna spend some time finding it, um, it's literally about how much she hates forks. <laughs> okay, okay, so it's back when she was Googling, we believe Googling, uh, vampires. Maybe it was Ask Jeeves. Yeah, it might have been Ask Jeeves or Bing or... Ask Jeeves Jr.? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. ahead. Uh, But anyway, uh, she's aggravated and so she snaps off the computer's main power switch. (laughs) 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 Anyway. Um, And anyway, this is a moment that I I thought was really good. She felt overwhelming embarrassment. She was like, it's all so stupid. I was sitting in my room researching vampires. Mm -hmm. What was wrong with me? And like, Girlfriend, yes, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, totally about like that. And but she says, I decided that most of the blame belonged on the doorstep of the town of Forks and the entire sodden Olympic Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word sodden there. I know, but I was just like, classic Bella. Yes. I was like, she's feeling really embarrassed and stupid right now, and she just blames it entirely On Forks. On forks. <laughs> anyway. But, but imagine if Bella had a thing that she wanted. Yeah. That she wanted more than anything else. Narratively, how satisfying it would be if Edward was at odds with that right. thing that she wanted more right. than anything else. Right, true. and maybe it's college, or maybe it's even like I don't know. Can someone else think of something? She has <laughs> no hobbies, so I can't think right. of anything else. I started to be like writing a. She's book, into, yeah, but she's like, into reading. That's not at odds with Edward. No, she could do both. I mean, they, don't they kind of get into this later? Like, doesn't she maybe move back with? her mom or something, and then that's, like, a whole conflict. Or am I making that up? You're making that up. They, like, (laughs) go visit Jacksonville, and he stays inside the whole time. (laughs) Okay, let's say that's it. It's the weather, because she's obsessed with the weather, and all she can think about (laughs) is how she needs to graduate, and then go to school so that she can get a job, and just live wherever she wants to live, because she hates the rain so much. Then she falls in love with Edward, and is like, but if I'm with him, I will... I will never, never hang see on the, sun. the sun. Never hang out in the sun, again. If I become a vampire, I will never be able to go in the sun. Yeah. Just a little bit of tension would have been anyway. great. Okay, we should do best sentence, worst sentence. I mean, I already yeah, Have one. you both read both of yours? I've done my best sentence, but not my worst sentence. Okay, go ahead, Mara. Okay, so I have my worst sentence open. It's page 151. Everything I've noted has ended in one. So <laughs> <person> knows that. <sighs> Uh, but this is very much in the vein of Olivia's last best sentence. (laughs) I left a note for Charlie on the table explaining (laughs) again where to find dinner, switched my scruffy wallet from my school bag to a purse I rarely used, and ran out to join Jessica. We went to Angela's house next, and she was waiting for us. Why do we know literally every single thought that Bella has and every single action that she takes? I know that she has a scruffy wallet. Also, Charlie is a grown-ass man who can feed himself, which he said two pages ago to her. But she leaves him cold cuts. Why not just after school, Jessica followed me home, I dropped off my stuff, we met up with Angela... And my excitement increased exponentially as we actually drove out of the town limits. Maya is single-handedly, sentence by sentence, rewriting Twilight (laughs) as we do this podcast. I'm editing it. (laughs) That's because I'm a fucking editor. Okay, on that theme, I'm going to read a sentence that I would have made her revise. This is my worst sentence. (laughs) What page is it? 193. Edward's breath blew in my face, stunning me. It was the same exquisite scent that clung to his jacket, but in a more concentrated form. That's gross. <laughs> Nobody's breath has ever smelled so exquisitely good. And I know he's a vampire. No. <laughs> no. This is just bad. Nobody's breath smells that He animals. Yeah. It would be yeah. that. Good point, Melissa. His breath would probably be nasty. Exactly. It's so, like, scientific. <laughs> yeah, more and concentrated political? form of his... Like, your body odor isn't the same as your mouth odor, and even talking about it is grossing me out so (laughs) deeply. It feels medical somehow. (laughs) I also noted that, that I did not like it. So gross. Okay, but we'll end on my best sentence, which is from page 178, which is simply, I had a feeling Edward wasn't the kind of person anyone got used to, which I started thinking about, and I just realized that, like, Edward is the promise of never being bored. Like, he's just infinitely oh, yeah. interesting and mysterious and always has something new to tell her and is always interested in her. It's like and honeymoon it's, phase forever. Exactly. Honeymoon phase forever. And this is to someone that struggles deeply with boredom. Right. <laughs> right. She's clearly very bored by everything else that's ever happened to her in her whole life. So it makes sense that she's all in. It does. She's the only person she's ever met that's smarter than her. <laughs> All right, Um, that's it for this week. What are we reading next week? Next week, we'll be reading chapters 10 through 14. Read along with us, if you'd like. Or don't. Yeah, (laughs) as long as you listen and share and subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, (laughs) as long as you do literally all those things. (laughs) I don't care if you read or not. (laughs) Uh, Again, you can email us email us at twilightphasepodcast at gmail.com we are twilight underscore phase on twitter and insta and twilightphasepodcast.tumblr.com. dot dot com um, disclaimer we own nothing the twilight universe and all characters belong only to stephanie meyer uh please don't sue us um audio editing by William marley cover image by laura Shermer. our theme music is written and performed by adrian mooring bye We'll be back next week, and if you don't like that, you can bite me.